John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica, Ed. John? Yes? It's episode 200 of the High Gain Podcast. Welcome to episode 200, Ed. Oh my God, we made it. We're like two months shy of four years. That's right. Crazy. What do we talk about? We talk about guitars mostly. Exclusively metal guitars. Well, I know how much you like the butt. Yep. Where are we recording from? Beautiful West Seattle, Washington, Ed. It's one of those nighttime episodes that always kind of freak us out. That's right. Ed likes to get his beauty rest Mm -hmm. while I am generally just afraid of the dark. Yep. But since this is our 200th episode. Yes. We thought, hey, let's mix it up. Let's do something different. We Mm -hmm. even have some very interesting guestage today, Ed. Oh my God. You know what? What? This is the first guest back in the studio post-COVID. In person? Yeah. This guest has been on the show before. Two-timer. A two-timer. We don't have a trophy or anything, but viewers will be familiar with the name Uncle Frank. Uncle Frank from Thunder Road Guitars? That's right. ThunderRoadGuitars.com. Uncle Frank, are you here? What's up? I just got to know, what's up with the wallpaper? Where did that come from? You're never going to believe this, Frank. Yeah. I painted it by hand. Really? Really. Wow. And aged it. Look at that. When you go to art school, they teach you useful things like that. (laughs) (laughs) I was looking at the mountain scenery painting there, and then I look over at the Rick, and then I'm like, what is that wallpaper? Yeah. And it looks oldie time. Yeah. It's very nice. Hey, Frank, you're back. I'm back. It's like I never left. Episode seven. Seven. Three and a half years ago. I didn't think it was that long ago, and... Here we are on the coattails of COVID and... Things couldn't be better. It's just a beautiful life. (laughs) We don't have to ask Frank what he's been doing. He's been having COVID. Well, okay. So early on, I went to NAMM with you guys. We all went to NAMM together. Right. Right? January of 2020. And I'm pretty sure 
that me and all of Nam went home with COVID. That's crazy, though, to think that Frank has not been here since 2018. Yeah. yeah. You know, I remember the guitar we did, too. We did the Bullet Hole Bullet Jazz, Hole Jazz Master. Master out of this crazy collection in Montana. That was probably the coolest piece of that whole collection. The Jazz Master was fine. Tell me more. There's a bullet hole clearly in the case of this guitar. <laughs> what happened? Nobody knew. You've had a lot of collections come in. There's been a few big ones. Yeah. The Montana one was pretty big. We did uh, last year, my partner Will and I flew to Idaho and brought back a U-Haul truck. That one I remember because I wrecked myself on that one. I remember, oh remember God. Remember that? John <laughs> met us at the shop and was helping us unload the U-Haul. I got a heavy amp in HM carrying these things off the truck and the door hadn't been opened all the way. And he just, <laughs> boom, right into it, <laughs> flat on my ass. <laughs> That's so good. I think Will said something like, that sounded like it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad you're okay. Beverages. Beverages in. Played by Uncle Frank. Uncle Frank and the Beverage Song. This guitar, to me, encompasses the 80s. It's got the super strat look. It's got the Floyd. We got to get into that, but... Did you bring a beverage, Frank? Did. Now, oh. okay. I thought really hard about this. So, oh. a paper bag. I brought a decoy beverage Ooh. and a beverage that I'm actually going to consume. Oh. So, I'm going to pull out the decoy beverage. Okay. So, all your listeners can think that Uncle Frank brought <laughs> <laughs> an old English 800 malt liquor, 7.5% alcohol. That's not a 40. That's a 42. No, 42. Yeah. This is what I'm actually drinking. <laughs> he brought a 42 ounce and then he's actually drinking like a petite eight ounce yes. diet Coke. Well, I don't really drink soda. <laughs> sure. And then I was like, I'm going to bring some tea and that's not very rock and roll. So I thought a little tiny baby <laughs> diet Coke. It is Coke. very petite. Yes. I really like that you were bad mouthing tea because I've got a blueberry jasmine tea. Was I bad-mouthing tea? Not very rock and roll is what you just said. Yes, but this is coming from a guy that also has to drink tea to fall asleep at night. <laughs> What's John drinking? I'm back to Orca, our friends to the north mm. in Muckleteo, Orca Beverages. Okay. This is an Earp's original sarsaparilla. Do you remember the slogan? You thought it was too violent. Oh, is it some shoot 'em up thing? After a hard day of gunfighting... <laughs> Nothing beats a real sarsaparilla. Isn't that a nickname for a beer? It's like root beer. Old-timey stuff. John likes the old-timey beverages. So, Frank, what is this? What did you bring? A 1988 uh, Kramer Night Swan that was the signature guitar for a guitarist named Vivian Campbell. Vivian Campbell, Ed. This guy played in... Dio. Oh. Def Leppard. Thin Lizzy. White Snake. Sweet Savage. <laughs> and then, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff. And they did this guitar in a few different finishes. This finish is called Hollow Flash. Hollow Flash. If you look at it in different lights, it looks like you're on acid. From the factory, when you bought this thing in 88. Yes. It looked like that, right? It's a little banged up, but yeah, it looked like that. The foil looks crumpled up. Depending on what angle you look at it, it looks different. Like a weirder version of the flip-flop finishes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's USA made back when uh, Kramer was still mostly US. Floyd Rose, two humbuckers instead of HSS or HH. Right. And a really skinny nut. 
and they did them in a handful of different finishes. This guitar sits in the Frank Gross collection. The private reserve. (laughs) I like to keep it interesting. Well, you've got this and you've got at least one gem, right? Not a gem. It's a universe universe seven string. So for all you Steve Vai or Korn fans out there. How often do things come in that make it to Frank's private reserve? So we're going on year 11 of being in a store and I'm going on year 20 working in guitar stores, music stores. Over the years, it's taken something really cool or something really unique or really clean to kind of spark my interest just because we see so many guitars every single day. And the guitars are the tool to keep the thing moving, right? Right. So I try not to just grab everything that I think is cool because then I would be homeless. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have like a mental list of if this ever comes in? I used to. And that list was pretty short. Yeah. As those things came into my realm, they got checked off the list. Yep. But really the list was like, I want a 50s Les Paul Jr. Yeah. When everything bottomed out in 2008, 2009, economy collapsed, prices of guitars started to fall. All of a sudden, I ended up getting one and I loved it. It was amazing. And then I had to sell it when I wanted to start the store. (laughs) that guitar paid for our build out in our very first location and our accessory order and like all those things that you don't really think you need to do man i miss that guitar and i know exactly where it is too (laughs) oh man (laughs) it's sitting in a guy's office in italy right now the whole landscape of the guitar world has changed a lot in the last couple years were you surprised by that during covid yeah i think everybody was all of a sudden there's this thing and it's happening in another area of the world. And then, okay, now it's happening here and now it's happening everywhere. Right. And it's affecting everything. Did you think it was going to tank the business? I did. (laughs) The Saturday before we closed the shop, when all retail in Seattle had to close, we were doing these delivery things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody would buy something and drive it up to their house, leave it on their doorstep. Yep. Because people weren't coming in at all. From the end of February until we closed the third week of March, it was a ghost town in the store. Right. But the Saturday before everything shut down, everybody kind of knew. So somebody went to the fridge at the shop and we cracked a bunch of beers. (laughs) And this is the end of retail as we know it, at least for the foreseeable future. We were maybe not the first death, but one of the first cases was in Kirkland, you know, like 20 miles from here. For the U.S., I think we were ground zero for confirmed cases. Yeah. Where people were like, what is this thing? Yeah. So they shut everything down and I was like, okay, well, if that was it, that was me owning a small business. It was okay. We just didn't know what was going to happen. Did you see a big decline in internet orders out of the gate? Yes. Oh, no. So March happened, everything shut down and everything just kind of did this. Everything did this being contracted with your hands. My hands. Frank put his hands together. (laughs) As if around the neck of something. Yes. Exactly. This is uncharted territory. Nothing like this in our lifetime has happened. At that point, I had only just started working at Thunder Road Guitars. I'm the photographer. Don't sell yourself short, John. John is the head of e-commerce. Oh. oh. (laughs) (laughs) He has his own office. Jeez, John's killing it back there. Yeah. Uh, So John takes photos of all the guitars that you guys see. He lists them on our website, on Reverb, on all those sites we advertise with. We have been very coy with our inside hook with uncle frank 
you know. Well, for a while it was like, I don't want there to be a conflict of interest. I don't want it to feel like we're being biased. Now I feel pretty safe in knowing that if I think something sucks, I'm going to say. Yeah. But I was going to say, I had only just started working there. Maybe a month or two. And then Frank was like, yeah, you got to go home. The whole world went home. Yep. It was weird, right? All of the sudden people were buying stuff. And a lot of the other stores around the nation were canceling orders and not buying inventory. Right. When we started to see the orders kind of tick up middle of April, we're like, we'll take all of it, you know? Yeah. All the orders that other stores are canceling. If you have consignments or stuff you want to sell, we'll take it. I think that kind of helped kickstart us being at the forefront of everybody wanting to buy guitars and learn guitar. Right. Yeah. You know, you had a lot of people that were working from home that weren't going out to eat, that weren't going on vacations. And they're cruising the web and they're like, oh, well, these guys are getting some guitars. Yeah. So that kept everything moving for a couple months until we were able to reopen. And I think we reopened to the public with restrictions in July. Don't be stingy with the whammy. You said Vivian Campbell. Born in 1962 in... The bands you said, he's got to be some kind of English. My guess would be, I want to say he was from Belfast. (laughs) Is that correct? Northern Ireland, close enough. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, Irish guy. I find that unsurprising from just the band list. He comes over here and uh, starts playing the Shreddy Boy music. Hooks up with a guy at a trade show, a guy named Buddy Blaze. You know Ooh. Buddy Blaze. Do I? Probably not. <laughs> oh, oh, what happened to Buddy? Buddy died just last year, oh. October, November 2021. He was a builder who emphasized customizing stuff. Okay. He gets talking to Vivian, and he builds Vivian a prototype just out of war myth parts. Oh, And then he, Buddy Blaze, and maybe Vivian also start pitching to Kramer. In fact, Buddy ends up working for Kramer. He goes to Kramer with that IP locked down. For this guitar. Yeah. Hey, Kramer, I'll come work for you. Vivian likes the guitar I made for him. If you put that in production, that would be really great. But I get a cut of everyone you sell. Oh, look at my guy, Buddy. Yeah. Businessman, Buddy. And Kramer went for it. They hired Buddy. They called this thing the Night Swan and put it out in 1987. Okay. So now here's where we ask Uncle Frank. Uh Uh-oh. In 1987 dollars. How old was I? In 1987 dollars, how old was Frank? (laughs) How much would it have cost you to buy a Night Swan? Brand new. Brand new. Hold on, Uncle Frank. Are you guys going to compete? Yeah. I wrote a number down. You have a number. Okay. I'm going to say this guitar was $1,199. Ed? I think my number is high. What is it? $1,249. Well, I think we know who the professional is here tonight. Uncle Frank got it to the number. No. No, you didn't. It was $1,199. That was totally a guess. I really did not know that. The reason that I guessed that is because I'm thinking, all right, USA guitar. Right. 80s. It wasn't $2,800. Yeah. That's what I came up with. I have only nailed the number 
one time. What is that in today's dollars? Yeah, today dollars. That is like twenty four ninety nine. Twenty nine fifty nine. Oh God. Let's just round oh, up. Say it's three grand. Three grand. A new American Ultra Stratocaster is twenty five hundred bucks. Is it? Uh huh. Huh. Fender owns Jackson and Charvel and Charvel. They're doing a lot of overseas stuff, but they do have custom shop domestic yeah. stuff. Jackson and Charvel both have USA custom shops. Yeah. So how do you think the quality compares? The new custom shop guitars that Jackson and Charvel do are amazing. Really nice guitars. I would say they rival the Fender custom shop or the Gibson custom shop. Huh. Targeted at a different player. Right. So this thing, you said Vivian Campbell, but is this a signature model then? The Night Swan was Vivian Campbell's signature model. Okay. You know what I like about it? What? It has one knob, Ed. The only problem with it is that it has two pickups. It should be one pickup, one knob. What's the little squealy harmonic? I want you to show me how to do that. I so you love take that. your pick and you kind of like tuck your index finger and your thumb yep. really close to the edge of the pick. Yep. So when you're hitting the string, the side of your thumb is hitting yep. yeah. the same time. Yep. And it does yep. that. And you got to do like the kind of wiggly wiggly. Because if you don't do the wiggle, you just get. Right? Yeah. So you got to do the. Oh. This thing shipped with. Uh, Seymour Duncan false red and a JB. Yes. And they're funny because they are spaced right next to each other. It's not actually bridge and neck. It's like bridge and middle. The middle doesn't sound like a neck humbucker either. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now stop. Vivian Campbell would be hella proud of that. I think Frank just invented a new genre. Ed. Yeah. Shred ambient. Shred Ooh. ambient. Yep. Five minute instrumental doom reverb with the pick squeals and the widdly widdlies. One of your listeners needs to do that. What do you think is the rarest shredder? The Night Swans are really popular. A lot of the Steve Vai guitars, the gems uh, from yeah. the late 80s through the early 90s are really popular. Some of the production Charvels and Kramers that were custom colors or custom finishes are pretty popular. So Frank. Yes. The building you are in now. Yes. You've been there a couple of years. Frank decided to get out from under the thumb of the man, Ed. Love it. The man was on his case about the rent. Screw you, Mr. The Man. I'm going to buy my own building. So Frank bought his own building. You guys painted. Yeah, we helped we paint. <laughs> we moved into half of the building, if you remember, John. Yes. The other half was a... Pet grooming business. Yeah, the dog washing place. When they finally moved out and we busted down the wall and just kind of built out the whole thing. Now, occasionally, you see somebody walking a dog and the dog starts pulling at the leash <laughs> to go into the place. Yeah. Or pulling at the leash to get away from the place. Yeah, that's the bad place. Or the good place. Yeah. Just depending. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, two years, three years, two years. What year is it? 22. <laughs> 2022. So, like, yeah, 23 yeah. years, almost. 
you are a dealer. You're a Gibson dealer. Yep. You're a Guild dealer. You're a Fender Thunder. dealer. You're a Gretsch dealer. Jackson yep. Chevrolet. Yep. All that stuff. Is the supply chain still dorked up? You have no idea. <laughs> I tell people every single day how bad it is. You believe me because you work at the store. Yeah. But the average person, they think we can just call up Leo and say, Leo, we need a Strat. And he yeah. just throws it in a box and he mails it to us. Right. Right. That is not how it happens right now. Up until really recently, you know, if somebody wanted to order a new American Strat. Right. And they called us and said, hey, can you get me one of these in this color? I'd pull up our little fender dealer thing and I'd say, yep, they have it in stock. I can have it here in a week. And that week is now a year and it keeps getting worse yeah. and worse. And it's not just that company. It's right, the right. whole industry. Yeah. It's not just they don't have people to build the guitars. It's yeah. the truck drivers that are driving the guitars, the barges that are carrying the guitars from overseas. Wherever they're getting the wood from, they can't get the wood. The magnets for the pickups, right? It's everything compounded and you put it in a giant pot and you stir it. And then you have extreme demand. We're living in this COVID world where people are consuming more than they were pre-COVID. Sure. With the guitar world, it's maybe slowed down a little bit, but the demand has slowed down, but the production has slowed down massively. Are you finding that there's then speculation on the secondary market? The used market and vintage market has just gone nuts. And part of that is the supply chain, but then part of it's like just people are paying it. The whole rationale of worth is totally out the window. Right. Sure. Just for example, we're buying vintage guitars wholesale for more than we were selling them for eight months ago. Right. The whole time I've been doing this, there's always been some sort of rationale. Do you think that's yeah. the kind of thing that ever goes back to where it was? Well, it did, right? That was kind of like the big spanking that everybody needed right. in the stock market and the housing market yep. and the guitar world. It brought everything back down to reality a little bit. Over the years since then, it's kind of done this. But since COVID... What hand gesture is that he's doing? Ed? Oh, uh, it's like stair-stepping. One hand, and then he put the other hand over the <laughs> other hand, and then he took the hand that was below, and he put it above. Oh. I'm just waiting for the wallpaper to fall, and we have like a whole live audience. <laughs> <laughs> just cheering. Uncle Freddy! So good! You've done this awesome thing your anniversary mm -hmm. of the store, you did special edition stuff. Yeah. You did a little Benson pedal yes. in Paisley. We did. And I got one of those yes. because I just think Paisley's cool. It's and, super cool. And then you did a Benson Nathan Jr. Yes. in Paisley. We did. And so I bought one of those. Originally, we wanted to do the pedal and the amp at the same time. Yeah. And we were planning all of this end of 2018, beginning of 2019, right? Oh my God. Yeah. Pre-COVID, pre-supply wow. chain. But when you order things from these companies, especially if it's something custom or unique, it takes yeah. a lot of time. And all the companies that we had on board were like, we got you. Old blood. You'll have it. Benson. It'll be there. Cool shit. And one by one, they were just like, hey, this thing that you wanted to do, it's going to take a little longer. The Benson set, we wanted to do at the same time, but it just couldn't happen. Right. So we're like, all right, we'll do the pedal first. And then whenever they can get us the amps, we'll do the amps. Paisley pedal and mm -hmm. Paisley amp. I ordered a guitar from Baranek, okay. Mike Baranek, and he makes these custom guitars. They have this sliding pickup. Oh, that's cool. So I pinged him, and I was like, oh, hey, I got one of those Benson pedals and the Benson amps, and Baranek knows 
Chris. So we had him send the Paisley from the amp. The guitar is going to have that Paisley from the amps. What can you tell us about Gibson? They're the newest of the dealers, right? They're the newest of the new companies that we carry. How are those moving? People seem to like them. Yeah, they're great. Their previous CEO left Gibson in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. So when he left and they got a new CEO, they kind of revamped the Les Paul standard and SG standard and tried to make a lot of their instruments more historically accurate. They did some interesting decision-making, too. They're bringing a lot of the Epiphone stuff back to U.S. production. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you guys have any of those yet? We have a USA Frontier. Kind of looks like the Epiphone version of a Gibson Hummingbird. And that was a guitar that they built in the 60s. Gibson USA made, but branded Epiphone. So they're doing that. Weird. They're doing an Epiphone casino that's USA made that's really cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I got to admit something. I always thought that you did that in post. No. I didn't realize that was live. Yeah. So like when you guys did the intro, I assumed that that was just like taped and you guys like played that. There's a certain amount of he just likes to push things and just watch me like roll my eyes into the back <laughs> of my head. Just like, oh, yeah, I'll play like, ones that will really get him. The Wilhelm scream. Would you say a Wilhelm scream? Yeah, that's the like. Yeah! It's been kind of a thing with editors and sound guys. Whenever there's a fight or a war, you got to sneak the Wilhelm in there somewhere. Hmm. The Wilhelm scream is a stock sound effect that has been used in a number of films and TV series beginning in 1951 with the film Distant Drums. The scream is usually used when someone is shot, falls from a great height, or is thrown from an explosion. <laughs> there you go. You gotta try it. Try and decide. Is it Frank, would you buy this guitar or not? So there's a really cool story with this guitar. Yeah. This guitar came to us one cold December night. Okay. (laughs) Okay. This lady pulled up to the shop. It was like three days before Christmas. And this van pulls up. Why do I think I was there for this? You were there for this. And she says, do you guys buy guitars? Ooh. And I said, yes, yes, we do. So she starts hauling in case after case after case, right? Yeah. And everything in that pile was like the worst. Like the (laughs) stuff that I don't want. And she brings in this Kramer case. Yeah. So case opens and I see that. It's filthy and dirty and half the strings are off of it. We get all stoked and we're looking at everything that she has. And she decides that she has to leave. It's the end of the day and we're getting ready to close. You know, we ran some numbers and we're like, here's what we can offer you for the whole pile. And she leaves. And my heart sank. And I was like, I am never going to see that guitar again. It's gone. Yep. So a couple weeks go by. I can't stop thinking about it. This freaking night's one. Lo and behold, she ended up coming back and said, okay, your guys' offer was really fair. And brought us this pile of stuff that we didn't really want. But in the pile was the night's one. So the answer is you would buy it. Yes, (laughs) I did. You almost didn't. Would you buy it, Ed? I don't think I would. I like the idea of a guitar like this, like a gem. Mm -hmm. I'm very into the gem. I'm very into the 80s neon stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh I don't think this one's me. Uh. I'm sorry, Frank. I'm tough, but I'm fair. (laughs) Every guitar that comes in there, I give them the real. Mm -hmm. I feel bad, Frank. That's right. But fuck that guitar. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
I have to stick to my guns as well. Yep. It's got one too many pickups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got the right number of knobs. I don't blame you guys one bit. Yeah. Hey, John. What? I think we're coming up on the end, but I think yeah. we would be remiss, John. Yes. If we didn't say really, really, Frank. Oh, yeah. Four years, you have given the listeners 200 episodes of guitars. The guitars John and Ed have brought to this show is probably a dozen. Yeah. 188 of them have been from Uncle Frank. We have some super fans that loan us. Sure. But I would say this podcast would not be this podcast without Thunder Road guitars. Absolutely. Thank you. Right at the beginning when Frank had no reason whatsoever to give half a shit about some podcast. Episode one. Yep. When I went in and said, hey, we're doing a podcast would it be cool to borrow a guitar? He was like, yeah, go ahead. Like way before John was working there, you were giving us very expensive guitars and just like, bring it back. Don't knock it up. It's easy to be kind with this podcast. So you guys have created and cultivated this family or a group of listeners and friends that visit my store pretty frequently. You know, they'll be in and they'll be talking about the podcast. And that's a cool thing to be a part of. In the shop, this guy comes in with a dog. And we all love the dog, so we pet the dogs and everything. And I go over and pet the dog. I'm like, hey, buddy, how you doing? And the dog gets that weird sideways dog face, and he's staring at me. And I'm like, is he mad? And the guy who owned the dog says, oh, he recognizes your voice. We listen to the podcast every week. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Frank. Thank you, guys. We're going to put pictures of this whole hot mess up there. The guitar, the malt liquor. Yeah. Pictures of Uncle Frank. Yep. So anybody who doesn't know what Uncle Frank looks like. It's going to be uh, Don't get too excited. So make sure to go to our socials. Yep. And follow, like, subscribe, all that stuff. But go to ThunderRoadGuitars.com. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. Look at some cool guitars. Yeah. So that's all the stuff you can do, viewers. Isn't that entertaining? Happy 200, John. Happy 200.